In this episode of the Aid to Nav podcast, we catch up with Carissa Reiniger. Carissa is an author, entrepreneur, and small business growth expert. She founded Silver Lining, and her company has helped over 10,000 small businesses hit and achieve their financial goals. Carissa, welcome to Aid to Nav. How are you doing today? Thanks so much. I'm doing good. You know, we were just talking, it's crazy times, uh, but I'm hanging in there. I'm doing good. Uh, so you are the founder of Silver Lining. Tell me more about Silver Lining and especially the focus on micro business, small business. Yeah, so I started it 15 years ago, which makes me feel old, uh, but it's true. And when we started Silver Lining 15 years ago, my mission was to... Uh, do whatever I could to help more small businesses succeed. And that mission has just gotten stronger. Every year I'm in business, I'm more committed to that idea. And, um, you know, when I started the company, I was a bit naive, right? I, I, the reason I cared about it is I met all these amazing business owners, micro business owners who were amazing at what they did, passionate about the work they did, worked hard, deserved success. But so often I saw them struggle to find new customers, get to profitability, get to sustainability. And I really, I felt a really deep passion to help those individual people, right? To help an individual, you know, make money doing what they love is sort of what my, my original idea was. But over all these years, uh, it's really that, you know, there's a, there's a micro view of that. But the macro view, which I've become equally passionate about, is that, you know, when you look at creating a just and fair economy, right, the answer is not big business, it's small business. When you look at restoring communities, you know, the answer is not most things that we try, it's small business. When you look at job creation and even just helping families live the lives they want, you know, small business is the answer. So at a micro level, we have a program that helps small businesses set financial goals and hit those goals. But at a macro level, I really believe helping small businesses grow is an act of justice that has a very direct impact on, you know, families, jobs, communities, and the economy. Yeah, so we'll dive into that a little bit more because um, small business, part of my passion for this is that uh, with the payroll protection program that just came out and we see some of the names of companies that got it and you, you, the loans and you go, that's not a small business. And, and some of these companies, rightfully so, this kept their employees in, it kept them off of unemployment. We can talk about the merits of the program at another time, but a small business is not 500 employees. We're talking about less than 10 employees. And in many times we're talking about the solopreneur who's looking to bring on their first hire, who's doing those, those zero to four employees, what challenges have they faced? Why were you drawn to that small micro business arena? Yeah, and I love that you're focused on that because I always say, you know, small business is actually big, right? We live in this sort of myth that, you know, big business is where, you know, things are happening or tech startups is the story of entrepreneurship, right? Everyone is sort of obsessed with this story that I'm going to raise millions and sell for billions and be a unicorn. But when you really look at the economic data, right, it is, it is the micro small businesses, less than 10 employees, the individual solopreneur that is really actually driving communities and economies. And, and we don't talk about that enough. So thank you for being someone who's, you know, continuing to fight that battle because it's so important. Um, and it's for all those reasons that those are the people that I advocate for and that I'm so committed to supporting because 
you know, again, it, part of it's cultural, right? I think we do live in a culture where we think everything big is better. So there is a sense of pride, you know, in building something big. And, and so I think a part of being, you know, a small business owner is actually reinstilling a sense of pride, like realizing that we are collectively part of one of the most important engines in the global economy hand down, right? Like it's not even up for, it's not up for debate. That's just true. Uh, and each contribution is so important. And then the other thing that I think, you know, has made me so committed to this, these people in this space for so long is, you know, when you meet the average micro business owner, small business owner, you know, they're not in it for materialistic reasons. They're not in it, you know, for greed, you know, they want to make a good living as they should. There's no shame in wanting to make a good living and make money and do well. Um, but they're doing it often because of their craft, right? They want to do their work in the world. They're doing it because they have something they're really passionate about. And so I just think from a values point of view, you know, I believe business is an incredibly powerful tool for justice. I believe business is an incredible structure to do almost anything within. Um, but when I think about the humans that I really respect and admire, oftentimes, you know, they're small business owners. So if I can play any small role in seeing more small businesses, you know, not only live the life of their dreams, make money doing what they love, but also create a more fair system in the economy where there, you know, where there is a distribution of money and there's more exchange happening at more levels and there's not monopolies and it's not just run by big business and we're not creating false economy with crazy valuations of startups, right? You know, small business is real and that's what I love so much about it. It's practical, it's real, um, and it's based in something other than just sort of pure, uh, I don't want to say greed, because that might not be fair to everyone who's not a small business owner, but it, it's based in something more pure 99% of the time. And, and those are the reasons that I, that I believe in it so much. It's tangibility. It's not based upon a, a false value that's been added. Um, you talked about justice, and right now with diversity and, and the diversity uh, discussions need to be had, uh, they also need to be had on women-owned businesses, uh, that the corporate uh, pyramid is stacked against them, glass ceilings, those types of things. So that opportunity for that smaller micro-business to help out um, minority diversity, women-owned businesses, to really create something tangible. I deliver something. I know that when my micro-business owner comes over, I can look at my lawn and it was mowed or it was taken care of. I go to the bakery, I can actually tangibly get the item that I got back for that. Talk about diversity, talk about how justice uh, can actually come to that micro-business and how micro-businesses can lead the way. Yeah, I think so. To me, there's a couple of levels of it. You've, I mean, you've articulated sort of the levels of it really well. You know, my experience as a woman-owned business is certainly, thankfully, you know, I always say I've, I'm very privileged, right? I'm white. I'm from Canada. I'm, I've come from a good middle-class family. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm an Ivy League. So, you know, I don't come from the upper echelon of society. I had to work really hard to get where I was, but I, I'm aware of my privilege, right? But being a woman was complicated and I've got all sorts of stories that I could tell uh, about how I was treated that I think would probably be different than, you know, a male counterpart in the same scenario. So I, I couldn't, I can't put myself in the position of someone who is maybe a woman and also of color, a person who uh, is, you know, a visible minority, but I can at least imagine from my own experiences and then imagine it was even harder, you know, for them. And so I think that there's a couple of layers. This one is for any of us who have any type of privilege, right? Whether, you know, small business, big business, whatever, 
we have to think about how our businesses contribute to justice. And I think that that's really important. We, uh, our program for small business owners is $300 a month and you have to put a credit card on file, right? So immediately that discounts a huge amount of the population. Lots of people don't have $300 a month and lots of people don't have a credit card. And so we thought long and hard about our, our commitment to access and, and diversity and inclusion and said, okay, if we really want to put our money where our mouth is, literally, how do we do that with our business model? How do we actually make sure? And so we created a pay what you can model. And with no questions asked, any small business anywhere in the world can go to our website, enter the amount that they can pay. And if that amount is $5, that's what they pay. We don't ask any questions. We don't challenge it. And, and it came from our realization that if we want, if we want to stand for these values, we have to live them in every single way. And yes, that affects our profit margin. And yes, that affects, you know, these metrics of success. But, you know, one of my metrics of success is that we actually use our business to do something good in the world. And so that, you know, that that checks that box. And so when we think about success as more than just money, um, I think it changes how we operate. So that's one side of it. The other side is that I think entrepreneurship creates an opportunity for business owners who are oftentimes disadvantaged um, to create their own way. And I think that, you know, more and more there are allies and there are opportunities. Um, and, you know, I think we are at 1% of figuring this out. You know, there's 99% to go. But I think, you know, the privilege and the opportunity of being a business owner is that you can chart your own path. You can choose who you do business with. You can find people who are aligned with you. And you don't need to do business with everyone to make a good income, right? You can do business with a small group of people, you can generate income for you and your family, and you can create a life that you believe in and that you want. And so uh, what I keep saying to everyone I talk to is, you know, if you have, if you were on the side of the world where you've got more privilege, you, you use your money, put your money where your mouth is, buy from, buy from businesses run by people who are minorities. You know, think about your pricing model, actually make changes. And if you're a business owner who is, you know, has been under-resourced and underserved traditionally, uh, be bold and, you know, staying what you need, trying to find the allies in the world because they are there. People like me are there. Um, and, you know, we're, again, I, we're, I think we have so much work to do, right? I mean, mm -hmm. thankfully the Black Lives Matter, the protests that we've been in are continuing to remind us in a way that we need to be reminded of, of how much work we have to do. But I do feel hopeful that at least we're having the right conversations. We're nowhere near solving the problem, but um, I, th I think we're moving in the right direction. I hope, I hope. That, that, that's up to all of us and every action we all take. Time, time will tell and, and time on task over time builds up and has a cumulative effect. So we need to continue to have the discussion, continue to have the focus. Um, I've got a coaching background as well. And I like to kid that uh, I've got a size 15 foot and I can use it if I need to, but you've taken it a little bit different approach. Your program is called the, the slap. Uh, yes. Talk about the, the slap, what that stands for, what it means. It really caught my attention uh, as to, and then how you've expanded it during the COVID response. Yeah, thank you for asking that. So I'll tell you a funny story. Our, it was originally called a gap, a growth action plan. And it was just so boring. And so like, uh, and then one day we were in a meeting, this was years ago. 
And I was like, oh, our name is just terrible. Like, what a boring, terrible name. Like, what? Like, it's just so blah. Um, and jokingly, we were joking around. And of course, the company name is Silver Lining. And we were writing things. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's like a slap. Like, you know, come on, small businesses. Like, get it together. We got to figure this out. And um, Silver Lining Action Plan was born. So that that's how the name came to be. Um, but the way that, so my background is actually in psychology. And, uh, you know, one of the basic premises of psychology and behavior change psychology in particular, is that if you wanna change the outcomes, if you wanna change the results of somebody, you've gotta wrap this external structure and support around them, right? So if you look at programs like Weight Watchers or the 12-step program or Fitbit, right? They're all using the same basic pillars of behavior change science to help you set goals and then track your behavior and modify your behavior, small little doses at a time until you ultimately get to the goal you want. Um, and when I looked at a lot of the small business programming that was out there, right, so much of the small business programming is good, but it's, it's sort of piecemeal and it's incomplete. And, you know, you've got a small business owner who's paying some money to go to a networking event, another money to have a coach, and then oh, money over here for a trade show, and then this over here to hire a consultant to build a plan. And, and when you look at sort of all the time and money being spent, small businesses actually spend a huge amount of money. I mean, there's money being spent in the effort to grow. Uh, but what behavior change science would say is that it's not going to be effective in actually creating shifts in behavior and then therefore results because it's not connected, it's not organized. So the pillars of behavior change science are that if you want to change your behavior in order to get different results, you have to gain commitment, set modest goals, rigorously track behavior, build self-efficacy, get outside coaching and support, you know, have a community and ultimately instill new habits. So what we did is we said, okay, if we know that sort of the traditional models of coaching or supporting small business are not working, how can we apply psychology to small business? And so that's what we did. We've created um, a piece of software. So it's totally custom built, built literally for business owners. It's, you know, built with business owners in mind. Small business owners were our focus group the whole time we built it. Uh, it takes a business owner through about a three hour process to build a, a one year growth plan. So it's not like 12 years to build your plan. It's three hours. Uh, you set financial goals, you set an impact goal, you build essentially your business development plan. And then as we teach our businesses, right, building the plan, you're not done when the plan's built, right? That's like, you just started. That's like the first step. Then for the next 12 months, right, exactly. I, I've got it. Plan? Now I've got a smart bookcase. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because it goes on the shelf, you get really busy again, and then you never look at it, right? So uh, what we believe in is what happens after the plan, which is why it's a silver lining, the action plan, right? It's about the action. So for the next 12 months, we wrap an incredible amount of, you know, kind of strategy and, and accountability and training and networking around the business owner with the sole mission of helping them continue to adjust their behavior to hit their goals. And so before COVID, we were already sort of technology enabled. We can work with any small business anywhere in the world. It all happens online. Uh, but obviously when COVID hit, you know, and everyone sort of went into lockdown, two things were true. One is all that in-person small business stuff that was happening wasn't going to work. And two, I mean, people really needed to rethink strategy, right? In many cases, small businesses need new pricing structures, new delivery methods, new ways of doing what they do. I mean, this is a moment, a real shift and it's, and it's significant. And the businesses who don't, I think, take this moment seriously will struggle to survive it. You know, I, I'm very hopeful. I think we can get through this, but it's going to have to be very on purpose. You know, this isn't going to just go away. Um, 
So that's, I mean, that's what we've been here to do is to try to help small businesses, you know, wherever they are and in the context of social distancing, get support, uh, you know, help people re-strategize and build a plan that really takes into account the moment we're in and where the world is going. And then I think most importantly, really be there for them for the long term, right? Again, I think people are looking for these quick fixes right now. This is not, a, you know, we're not at the end of a sprint, we're at the beginning of a marathon. And, you know, there's gonna, be, we're gonna need to have some steadfastness and some tenacity to get through this. And no one can do that alone. We need to do that together. And so that's, I think, what I'm most proud of is that for the businesses that we do work with, we've really sort of been in it with them on a sort of week to week basis. Um, and I think, you know, that gives me hope. I think we can, I think we can all get through this together. It changes their actions when you have that longer term plan and that on longer term actions that are going on. So much is geared towards the 75 page business plan. So much advice towards small businesses. So much advice towards small businesses is towards trying to get some sort of funding with the bank. Operating your business to try to get money from the bank is completely different than a day in, day out, week in, week out type of activities that you're going through. We've seen a number of small and micro-sized businesses. I like to use the example, I went to a home show. For a couple of years, I've gone to the home show in St. Pete. I've made sure that I filled out my information. I put my card in because I was looking for information. In my real estate background, I was looking for vendors. Right. Out of the 30 plus that I would do each time, only three of them actively followed up with us. So not have a system in place to do that follow up. Yeah. And, And then when they can't actually be belly to belly, nose to nose with their clients, um, crickets again and they don't have then the system put in place to be able to reach out to be able to talk to them so that's one of the many areas that decisions are made based upon a pie in the sky type of view and not where the rubber meets the road that's what the details are that's what they really need support on and you don't see immediate results for it I'm sure many of these actions that you're having them take, like stepping on the scale, it's only after a month that you look back and you say, hey, what my actions were doing actually made a difference. Oh, Robert, I feel like I want to take everything you just said and just like copy and paste it and paste it everywhere to every small business because it's exactly true. And, you know, we say, I'll just say three things, which is essentially going to repeat what you just said, but I'll just say it again because it's so important, right? Number one is, change takes time, right? I think most people are hoping for this one big deal that's going to change everything or this big moment, you know, that all of a sudden, you know, everything's going to be great. And what we know for sure, right? I always do this little joke, right? There's no silver bullet, but there is a silver lining, right? You know, change happens over time. You make a bunch of small decisions every single day and eventually those add up to the business you want. But if you're sitting and hoping and wishing and praying that some magical swoop is gonna come in, you're never gonna get it. And so, you know, we have so much data that proves the business owners who sort of, you know, get focused, get determined and really get to work, you know, do the hard work day after day after day, they outpace and ultimately win and succeed and grow their businesses at a much more sustainable and rapid pace ultimately than the people who are sort of super charismatic and running around with their uh, heads cut off and going everywhere. Do the smart work because many times the hard work is 
has an impact on family, has an impact on relationships, doing the smart work, being very focused. I, I find it very interesting that individuals can take time out of a movie. Yes, uh -huh. they might have a pause or a break, but what happens when you go to watch a movie? You get your snacks, you get everything that you need, you turn your cell phone off and you focus. If you took that same approach once a day or once a week to your business and worked smart, Right. Time over time over time, you'd start to see the benefits of that because it would be cumulative. You wouldn't see immediate results, but you'll see it over time. So working smart and hard. That's right. I agree with that 100%. And you know, it's so interesting. You mentioned, you know, this idea about going and finding debt. I always say to businesses, right, there's three ways to inject cash into a business. You could go, you know, sell equity. Fine. You could go get a loan from a bank. Fine or you could just sell something. You could just generate revenue. And quite frankly, you know, it's as much work to try to convince investors to invest in you or to try and convince a bank to lend to you as it is to actually just go sell what you do. And you know, you don't have to pay interest on revenue. You don't have to give up equity in your company. And so I'm so passionate about, you know, small businesses sort of taking a step back and instead of hoping that a loan will save them or instead of hoping that, you know, some magic moment's gonna save them, just really taking responsibility and saying, okay, I've got, I believe in what I do enough that I'm going to go sell it. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to do the hard work day over day. And, and that will build a great business. Maybe it doesn't happen the way you want it and fast, fast as you want it. And maybe, it, you know, but it's going to build you a solid business. And to me, that is, that is a more noble fight than building something that sort of looks great, but you know, you know, was sort of barely surviving underneath. So I also saw that you are looking just for fun to get your pilot's license. Is that something that yeah. I know that's probably been put on hold a little bit. What are the challenges? What is the, the freedom that that provides you? Why becoming a pilot? I have to say that I am dramatically behind my goal on that. So just like I teach other people to set goals and hit them, my behavior, my actions are not equaling results right now. So I own that. Um, but I think the thing that I, I mean, you know, I think if you're an entrepreneur, when you start a business, if you're, you know, I've moved to new cities, new countries, I, you know, I, I, I like new experiences. But ultimately, when I when I reflect on that, my motivation is really around challenging myself, right? Seeing what else I'm capable of, seeing what else I can push myself to do. And so, you know, the idea of getting a pilot's license sort of fits into that category, like, okay, well, could I, you know, how hard would that be? You know, it's kind of audacious, but that kind of makes it interesting. Um, so I've only, I've been up in small planes a number of times. I've only actually flown once. Um, I still have a very, very long way to go to, you know, to be fully trained, but it fits into that category of, you know, how do I, how do I push myself to try new things? How do I force myself to keep myself a bit out of my comfort zone? Um, and also, how do I just live life to the fullest, right? I, I don't want to. I don't want to live a half life. You know, I want to live a full life. I want to try as many things as possible. So that that desire fits into that part of my uh, my my vision for my life. I, I hear that more. I hear that not being uh, content. Uh, although there's a contentment that comes from accomplishing or from leaving that wake, uh, leaving something that behind as you're, as you're at full sail um, and really doing that. Talk about Thank You Small Business and that initiative that you um, uh, were, were part of and, and spearheading. Yeah, thank you, small business. It's one of my favorite things. I love it. Uh, thank you, small business is quite literally what it sounds like. It's an initiative. It's a global movement that we started to say thank you to small business owners. You know, going back to actually where we started the conversation, 
I think being a small business owner can be a very thankless job. You know, I always say that, um, you know, I look at the businesses that we work with, right? Your staff want, you know, more from you. Your family wishes you were home more. Your community's always asking you to sponsor something or do something or offer something, you know, and, and the economy is asking for more and more, right? Pay higher taxes, pay higher rent, you know? And so you, you, you live this world where you're working so hard so often. Um, and ultimately feeling maybe not very appreciated. So thank you is almost like the Make-A-Wish Foundation for small business owners. We try to find incredible small business owners all over the world who are contributing in an outsized way, you know, who are creating amazing opportunities for their family or their staff or their communities or the economy um, and who sort of represent the values that I spoke about earlier, right? They're doing it because they're passionate, not necessarily just, you know, to go make a bunch of money and, you know, retire at a you know, certain way, but to use their business to make the world better. Um, and then we try to do something really special for them. So we've done, we've done things like sending 10 business owners on a free vacation. We've done things like uh, doing a thank you tour where we just threw these really cool parties and only small business owners could attend and there was no marketing, there was no selling. It was just a celebration of them. Uh, we've done thank you awards where we've awarded businesses. We did a thank you card campaign where we had a group of people handwrite 25,000 thank you notes and sent them out to real small businesses, just literally thanking them. Um, and so the whole movement is to ask corporate partners to uh, help us with the budget. And as we say to them, you know, stop marketing and selling to small businesses and just thank them with us, help us thank them. And then we take 100% of those corporate dollars and we invest it back into these thank you initiatives. Um, and every vendor we hire, every every dollar that we spend, we spend back to small businesses. And so the whole movement is about moments of celebration, uh, joy, experience creating, and just and seeing this group of people who contribute so dramatically to our world, but are so often sort of un unrecognized, but deserve to be. I may be venturing out here a little bit um, you said that you're originally from Canada. Favorite hockey team? Do you have a favorite oh, hockey team? You're not venturing. Now, now you've got me on a hot topic. So I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, and I okay. grew up in the 80s, you know, which was the era of Wayne Gretzky, for anyone who mm -hmm. knows anything about hockey. So I am a diehard Edmonton Oilers fan. And if anyone's listening knows anything about hockey, you'll also know that that has been a very tragic uh, affiliation since the early 90s. We are terrible. We have been so bad for so many years. So I, you know, I was born into this sort of era of just the best hockey of all time. Um, and it's, you know, we've under-delivered since, <laughs> since my earlier years. So I remain a very dedicated fan, but... Uh, been it's been a tough couple decades are you are you a hockey fan i had 40 years of waiting in washington dc um and ownership matters uh, uh -huh. it really does with ten, ted leonsis coming in with the washington capitals uh went all the way down to rock bottom to be able to get the stars and get the draft picks that came in and then following that journey having all of the heartbreaks that we did so um, Ted Leonsis uh, wrote a book, The Business of, of Happiness, I believe it is, and he talks about the double bottom line, that he measures the businesses that he's involved with, with the profit that they make, 
but also the memories and the contribution that they make back to the community. So a, a Edmonton Oilers, a Washington Capitals really provide something for the community that you can't put a dollar price on, but it's that memories, it's that that feeling that you were part of something, that you uh, remember the journey. And and uh, so, yes, it is something that uh, even when I'm down here in, in Florida and, and I love, uh, they finally beat Tampa Bay. And so I was I was happy with that, with, yeah. uh, with being here. So um, I didn't know if that was a venture out, but uh, the, you could tell small business owners have that same level of passion that sport fans have. They're, they are fanatics about what it is they do, their hobby that they want to turn into a business, their customer service, their feeling that they were wronged in yep. some corporate environment and they want to make it right. Uh, so yep. I, I, I do like to mix in my, my sport metaphors and, and racing metaphors. Uh, Carissa, as we wrap up here, for, for the rest of the year, for the rest of 2020, or for the next 12 months to be a success for you, blank has to happen? It's hmm, a hard question. I would say that my, own, my most honest answer to that um, is that I have to take care of myself and my team and the customers that we serve. Meaning, um, I think, I think this is a marathon, not a sprint, like I said earlier. And I think part of getting through this will be staying rested and well and healthy so that we can stay motivated enough when it gets really hard. And so I've been reflecting a lot on the fact that I've been working very hard for the last four months uh, and it's not sustainable. And, and, I, and I really know that to get through the next phase of what's to come, um, you know, just wellness and, you know, self-care as well is a very overused word, but keep doing the things I need to do to have a mindset that will allow me to manage whatever unknown is going to come. Cause I don't, I mean, anyone who says that they can predict what's coming is lying in my opinion, who knows what's coming our way still. Um, so the only thing we can do in my opinion is be in the best possible position to handle all those unknowns. And I think that really does come down to our mindset to sort of our health and our mindset and, and being in a position to tackle it head on. We can only give from the overflow. And if we're not taking care of ourselves, if we're not looking at ourselves, that's gonna reflect out to our customers. We're not going to have the energy to come up with the promotion that will cause us to attract businesses. We're going to fall into the status quo versus paving our own way, being a little bit of a trailblazer on some of the items that small and micro business owners really need to do. Uh, Carissa, I know we could probably spend the whole morning, but I know you got your schedule, I got mine. Um, and it's uh, refreshing to see the energy that you have brought for years um, to that uh, micro business, small business arena. I, I thank you for taking the time. I'm going to have all of the links to uh, your information here with the, the blog post on YouTube down below. Below. Um, for those of you um, that are liking the episodes, please hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. Uh, that'll let you know when we've got new episodes that are coming out. And until next time, make it a great day. <laughs>